This is a podcast from the University of Manchester's Jodrell Bank Center for Astrophysics. For the full show and archives, visit jodcast.net. The night sky for March 2019. Well, as darkness falls, that lovely part of the heavens with the constellations of Orion and Taurus and Gemini is now setting towards the western horizon. Higher up is a yellow star called Capella, the brightest star in the constellation of Auriga. The Milky Way actually runs through Auriga and there's some nice open clusters, but you need a dark sky to see the Milky Way. Over to the lower left of Castrum Pollux in Gemini, it's a rather faint part of the sky. It's a constellation of Cancer, but there there's a very nice little open cluster called the Beehive Cluster, or Chrysopay. And then, as the evening moves on, Leo the lion, on its haunches, like in Trafalgar Square, is moving towards the south, with its bright star, Regulus, which actually lies almost along the ecliptic, so quite often planets can be quite close. A triple conjunction of Jupiter and Regulus, in the years when it was thought that Jesus might have been born, could have been the star of Bethlehem. And then rising over in the east is another bright star, Arcturus, at the bottom of the constellation of Bootes. And moving up towards the zenith, in fact, is the plough, part of the constellation of Ursa Major. It's two bright stars, Merak below and Dubé above, pointing up towards Polaris, very close to the north celestial pole. Well, what about the planets? Well, Jupiter starts the month rising at about 2am and brightens from magnitude minus 2 to minus 2.3 as the month progresses, whilst its angular size increases slightly from 36.2 to 39.7 arc seconds. By month's end, it rises about 1am BST, so it will be higher in the sky before dawn. But sadly, it's heading towards the southern part of the ecliptic, and currently lies in the southern part of Ophiuchus, just above Scorpius. By the end of March, it will lie almost due south as the sun rises, but will only have an elevation of 14 degrees, so atmospheric dispersion will blur its image somewhat. The use of an atmospheric dispersion corrector, somewhat over 100 pounds, will help to give sharper images. Now Saturn... Shining at magnitude plus 0.6, rises two and a half hours before the sun at the start of the month, some two hours after Jupiter. Its disk is 16 arc seconds across, and its rings, which are still at 24 degrees to the line of sight, spanning some 35 arc seconds across. Sadly again, Saturn, now to the left of the teapot in Sagittarius, is at the very lowest point of the ecliptic, and so will only have an elevation of about 10 degrees, when due south before dawn in a month's time. So like Jupiter, an atmospheric dispersion corrector could help. Mercury has an angular size of 7.7 arc seconds at the start of March and reached its greatest elongation east on the 26th of February. Then it was 18 degrees away from the sun. On the 1st of March, it set some one and a half hours after the sun Shining at magnitude plus 0.1. During the month, its angular size increases to 10.9 arc seconds, 
but its brightness rapidly reduces. And by about March the 6th, at magnitude 2, it'll become very difficult to spot in the twilight. Binoculars could well be needed to reduce the background glare, but please do not use them until after the sun has set. Mercury will pass between us and the sun, that's called inferior conjunction, on the 15th of the month. Mars. Though fading from plus 1.2 to plus 1.4 magnitudes during the month, remains prominent in the southwestern sky after sunset, at an elevation of about 37 degrees. It's moving northeastwards through Aries and passes into Taurus on the 23rd, 24th of the month. If only it could have been at this elevation when at closest approach last year. Its angular size falls from 5.3 down to 4.7 arc seconds during the month, so we'll not really be able to spot any details on its salmon pink surface. Finally, Venus. It begins March at a magnitude of minus 4.1, with its angular size reducing from 16 down to 13 arc seconds as it moves away from the Earth. However, at the same time, the percentage illuminated disk, that's called its phase, increases from 72 to 81%, which is why the brightness only reduces from minus 4.1 down to minus 3.9 magnitudes. Venus rises about two hours before the sun at the beginning of the month and has an elevation of about seven degrees before dawn, but both reduce as the month progresses. We have nearly come to the end of its morning apparition as it moves towards superior conjunction, that's behind the sun, in August. It won't really be visible again, low in the southwestern sky, until the latter part of the year. Well, what about the highlights? There is actually one good one, and I'll say that to start with. At the very end of the month, on March the 29th, before dawn, Saturn will lie just above the moon. So, if clear, and let's just hope it is, and given a low horizon towards the south-southeast, one should spot Saturn lying close above the moon, which is just after third quarter. That would be a great photo opportunity. So, let's return to the beginning of the month. On the 1st of March, after sunset, a chance to spot Mercury. It's got to be clear, and you have to have a low western horizon, and binoculars might well be needed to reduce the sun's glare. But again, please don't use them until after the sun has set. So just looking west after sunset. On the 2nd of March, before dawn, looking southeast, a thin crescent moon will be seen lying between Venus and Saturn. And that would be a nice photographic opportunity as well. On the 12th of March, in the evening, a waxing moon approaches the Hyades and the Pleiades clusters. So looking high in the southwest, during the early evening. On the 16th of March, just before dawn, Jupiter and Saturn will be seen to lie above the teapot of Sagittarius, as I show you on the chart on the night sky page. Just Google night sky jodrell. So if it's clear before dawn, and given the low horizon just east of south, one should be able to see Jupiter lying up to the right of Saturn, both close to the teapot, of Sagittarius. On the nights March the 26th to 31st in the early evening, we have a chance of seeing Mars approaching the Pleiades and Hyades 
open clusters in Taurus. So on the chart on the night sky page, I've shown the location of Mars below and down to the left of the Pleiades cluster on both the 26th, 29th and 31st of the month. And you'll see on the chart the Hyades cluster just lies over to the left. And finally, something on the moon. On the evenings of the 14th and the 28th of the month, the straight wall or the Rupus Rector lies close to the Terminator. To be honest, it's not really a wall at all, but a gentle scarp. As Sir Patrick Moore has said, neither is it a wall, nor is it straight. Well, a nice few things to spot during the month. I wish you well. Thanks for that, Ian. And for our Southern Hemisphere listeners, here's Haratina Mogasanu and Samuel Lesk with The Night Sky Where You Are. Planets are almost gone from the evening sky, but look up in the early hours of the morning and you'll see Jupiter and later on Saturn and Venus. The Tafiti, the Pleiades, are preparing for their journey to the underworld, leaving behind a doppelganger, the Southern Pleiades. We will see M45 again at the end of June, when they will reappear in the morning sky as Matariki. The Milky Way arches across the sky, reaching zenith in the evening hours. There are some amazing binoculars objects there. Stay with us for our Southern Hemisphere night sky in March with Harry and Sam from the middle of the Middle Earth here in New Zealand. Kia ora from New Zealand. Hi everyone. Once again we are at Space Place at Cutter Observatory holding galactic conversations from the heart of Wellington in the Southern Hemisphere. With the music of the amazing Rian Sheehan in the background, our Wellingtonian star composer. I'm Haritina Mogoshanu. And I'm Samuel Leski. Just look up after sunset, pray that there is clear skies and you will see one of the most amazing night skies in the world. We've also been to a few star parties lately and had the opportunity to observe all night long these amazing features that set the sky of the southern hemisphere in a special place in our heart. Right now, the galactic centre is slowly coming back into the picture, but there are still amazing views in the Carina Southern Cross region and the large Magellanic Cloud. So to get your own star party going, we prepared some instructions for looking up in March. There is no decent planet inside in the evening sky, just Mars, and that is so close to the horizon that you can hardly distinguish it from the stars. And by 10 a.m. it's sunk into the underworld. So if you really want to see planets, you will have to stay up late. The brightest stars in the night sky are there in March, so if you'd like to know what those lights are, we will tell you all about it. March is the month when the day is equal to the night as we are observing the March equinox on Thursday 21st of March. Oh yes, it is indeed autumn here in Wellington, and the days will become shorter than the nights after the equinox. At the beginning of the month, the sun sets around 8.30pm and earlier and earlier every day as we are heading towards the end of the month, when it will set around 7.40pm. At nightfall, half of our galaxy, the Milky Way, arches across the night sky from north to south like the arm of the octopus. Wellington and New Zealand have a legendary octopus they talk about, Tefeke Omuturangi. 
This octopus stole the bait and the fish hooks of Kupe, who lived in Hawaii. A chase across the Pacific Ocean followed, and New Zealand was rediscovered again as it was first found by Maui, according to the Polynesians. Kupe's wife, Hinete Aparangi, saw a long cloud in the distance, a sight that land was near, and she named it Aotearoa, the land of the long white cloud. And cloudy it can get sometimes. And talking about Maori star lore, at the fringe of our Milky Way city of stars, on the northwestern horizon, the Pleiades, the Shining Ones, the Tafiti are preparing for the journey to the underworld. They are to disappear shortly behind the sun and will stay there for a while. They will reappear in the morning sky in June after the longest night as Matariki, the Eye of the Ariki, star cluster that marks the Maori New Year. Maori have different names for the same stars at different times throughout the year and the Pleiades get to have three names throughout the year in different seasons. Also shining is Sirius and Canopus as they reach the meridian almost at the same time, at the beginning of the month around 9.30pm. By the middle of the month the same stars reach meridian about 8.30pm and 7.30 by the end of the month. It is really impressive how fast they shift in the sky as the Earth revolves around the Sun, and we can see this movement in just one month. To see them in the same spot, we need to be looking two hours earlier at the end of the month compared to the beginning of the month. One is north of Zenith overhead, and the other one south of Zenith. In the meantime, the Saturn Cross will be at the 9 o'clock position on the South Celestial Circle. The Saturn Cross is a circumpolar asterism. It never sets nor rises from this latitude, only gets washed away by the light from the sun. High in the sky, Canopus marks the midpoint between the center of our galaxy and its edge. The brightest stars in the night sky are featuring from north to south. Aldebaran from Taurus, Castor and Pollux in Gemini, Canis Minor, Orion stars, Canis Major, these are north of overhead, then south of overhead, Canopus and Carina stars. The False Cross, the Diamond Cross and the Southern Cross, and last but not least, Alpha and Beta Centauri, the Pointer stars. Staying on the southwest part of the sky and halfway through from the horizon is Akenar. Formalhaut is now gone, grazing the southern horizon and it's on its way to the northern hemisphere. The large Magellanic Cloud is high in the sky. So now for some binocular objects. From the horizon and travelling up the Milky Way, or sort of, we first come to M83, the great southern pinwheel galaxy, a large face-on spiral at a magnitude of 7.09. Nearby is the lovely Sombrero galaxy at 8.12 magnitude. Then a bit close to the southern cross is Centaurus A at 6.64, quite an easy one to spot. Very close to Centaurus A is the huge globular cluster Omega Centauri, and we can't look at Omega Centauri without also taking in the beautiful 47 Tucanon, just by the small Magellanic Cloud. The Magellanic Clouds are exceptional binocular objects. Magellanic Clouds are our neighbouring galaxies, circumpolar here in Wellington, and always a little elusive to direct sight. The Magellanic Clouds are the best training objects for averted vision. Always try to see them with the edge of the field of view of your eye, while pretending you're looking at something else. Good advice. The Beehive Cluster in Cancer is another amazing object, very bright, and we're lucky to share that with the Northern Hemisphere. 
Then, of course, there's M42 in Orion, which we also share with the Northern Hemispherians. And also reasonably high in the sky. Well, high enough to see it okay, it's the Leo triplet made up of M65, M66 and NGC 3628 galaxies. The majestic globular cluster of M3 is at 20 degrees above the horizon in the northern part of the sky. Also down in the lower part of the sky is the stunning black-eyed galaxy at 23 degrees above the horizon. And unfortunately, the Virgo cluster is only 15 degrees above the horizon, so not really worth looking at out of Wellington because we probably won't see it. But we know it's there. Mm. The bottom star, another one that we know is there, the bottom star of the Big Dipper, Al-Qaeda, grazes the northern horizon early in the morning, just before sunrise, precisely marking north, if we could only see it. But there is no chance, so same goes for the Whirlpool galaxy that gets nearly two degrees above the horizon. It would be great to see them if we could. The morning sky is, however, popular with the planets. As Jupiter rises about 1am on the beginning of the month, and 11pm at the end of the month, followed by Saturn two hours later at 3am, and Venus at 4am. Jupiter and Saturn are flanking the centre of the Milky Way this time of the year. It would be great to see them back in the sky again. Yay, we'll have to wait a few months. Yeah. If the galaxy stretches almost from north to south in the evening sky, in the morning it will almost have rotated to appear as if it's lined up from east to west with Jupiter and Saturn at the eastern end and Sirius setting in the west. As they prepare for their journey to the underworld at the fringe of our Milky Way city of stars, on the northwestern horizon, the Pleiades, the Shining Ones, Cetaphiti, leave behind a doppelganger here in the Southern Hemisphere that look alike, fake twin, that never leaves the sky. Higher up than the Southern Cross, the Diamond Cross carries this mirror image of the Pleiades, called, unsurprisingly, the Southern Pleiades. Circumpolar to Wellington, the Diamond Cross can also be found by climbing up the Milky River. Two-thirds from the side and one-third from the centre, this is where you will find the optical asterism, pattern of stars, of the Diamond Cross. At the eastern end of it, a pair of binoculars will reveal the southern Pleiades, which at first sight look like a letter M to me. Theta Carinae Cluster, also called the Southern Pleiades, has an astronomical resemblance to the famed northern star cluster M45 in Taurus. Even though the cluster is not deeper shaped like the Pleiades, it's also easily visible with the naked eye, but best in binoculars. Quite young, about 30 million years old, and at almost the same distance from Earth, 500 light-years away. And just like M45, the southern Pleiades is 15 light-years across. So there's your smorgasbord of amazing objects that you can see in the southern sky. We're lucky here in Wellington to be able to share many of the objects that are famous in the northern hemisphere as well. The benefit of not being too far south. We hope you get a chance to get out there and enjoy feasting on the sights of this night sky. If you're in Wellington, come up to Space Place. We'd love to show you around. So clear and dark skies from Space Place at Carter Observatory here in the Southern Hemisphere. And special thanks go to the amazing Rian Sheehan Space Place at Carter Observatory. <laughs>